We're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen. Father, I pray that uh, you would bless uh, the exposition of uh, this word and that you would bless this, your people, encourage their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, verses um, 24 through 25 both have the command to celebrate the Lord's table, it says, in remembrance of me. We're going to be, in the, from this passage, looking at what God has done in the past, what he is doing in our lives in the present, and what he's promising to do in the future. And every time we partake of the Lord's table, it uh, forces us to remember what he has accomplished in the past. Our faith is rooted in history. Uh, it's a historical faith. One uh, commentator pointed out that if the Lord's table is a remembrance, it cannot be at the same time a sacrifice. And he exegetically showed how all of the sacrifices were pointing forward to the work of Christ. Uh, instead, this is looking back to the finished work of redemption. And this stands in contradiction to the Roman Catholic Mass, uh, where they think that Jesus gets crucified over and over again every time they, they, they do the, the Mass. When Jesus said, it is finished, there was nothing more to be done, nothing more to be added. For sure, he is not being re-sacrificed. Paul calls us to look backwards to the foundation of our salvation in the cross, period of history. But our Christianity is not just rooted in the past, it's also a living reality in the present. In chapter 10, verse 16, Paul calls this meal our communion with the Lord, or some translate it, our fellowship uh, with the Lord. Uh, he speaks of it as being an experiencing of God in this sacrament. Uh, a communion with him. Uh, so in some way, it tightly knits us to Christ and to his heart. It applies in some way his redemption into our lives. So chapter 20, 10 verse 20 warns us not to have communion or fellowship, same Greek word, with demons, but to have fellowship uh, with God. And so communion speaks of the reality of God's presence, his grace, his power in our lives. This is called redemption applied. When we come to the Lord's table, the Spirit takes what was accomplished in his redemption 2,000 years ago, and he now applies it into our lives. Now, John Murray, uh, one of my, I think one of the most careful modern theologians uh, ever, wrote a fabulous book on the atonement called Redemption Accomplished and Applied. And if you've never read that book, I highly recommend it. I consider it an absolute must-read. John Murray, Redemption Accomplished and Applied. We remember what was accomplished. That's point number one. And because God is present, we experience that past redemption that was accomplished being applied. 
That's point number two. God is present. If this was merely a memorial, that's point number one, then it would not be called a communion or a, a fellowship. And uh, there are people, like the Zwinglians, who hold to just point number one. It's a memorial. All they're doing is remembering the past, and they're thankful for it. That's good. We should be thankful for what God has accomplished. But there's much more. We Reformed people hold that the table is both a memorial and a communing with Christ's spiritual presence. And so when we come to the table, we should come with expectation that the Spirit of God is going to more and more apply that past redemption into our lives right now. We commune with Him. But thirdly, the phrase till he comes, focuses our hope on the final goal of history. Everything in history, including our personal lives, is driving history to a final goal. There will be an end to history when everything that Jesus purchased will have been applied by the Spirit in history. And so we're commanded to participate in communion. It says in chapter 11, verse 26, till he comes. There's an anticipation. There's more yet to be applied in our lives, more yet to be applied in the lives of uh, others, even yet to be born. And so Paul says, he who has begun a good work in you, plural, he's talking about the church as a whole, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus has to remain in heaven until everything that he purchased has been brought into his kingdom. It's been applied and uh, uh, on the final day of history, the last thing that was purchased will be applied, and that's the resurrection of our bodies. Now, we get down payments of that every time we pray for healing, right? It's down payments of that final uh, resurrection. But all of, all of uh, history is moving toward that final goal when every person from Adam to the last living being is going to be brought together in perfect agreement and perfect communion and fellowship. And so the Lord's Supper gives us a guarantee for the future. It's a rich sign and seal. And there are three biblical words that sum up those three points uh, that we've just looked at. Faith, love, and hope. We have faith in what he has accomplished, and that produces communion, that produces love for each other, love for God in rich measure. Love is also the keeping of his commandments, right? and uh, a hope for the future. And so may God richly communicate more faith, love, and hope into us as we participate uh, in this meal. Father, we come to you uh, this morning very thankful for what Jesus has accomplished. And we pray that as we participate in this meal, what is just natural elements wine and bread would be set apart and you would use it in a special way to sanctify us to yourself. We desire, Father, to grow in you. We desire to be pleasing to you. And we recognize apart from your grace, this is not possible. And so we pray for a rich measure of your uh, communion, true communion with you by your spirit to be accomplished. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.